the biggest area where businesses fail in SEO is they're trying to do way too much. You know, they're trying to look at site speed optimization. They're trying to look at link building. They're trying to target a million different keywords at one time. They're, they're going after the wrong keywords. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. Here we go. Hey, James, how you doing? I am fantastic, Sangram. How are you today, man? I am good. All right, so James, you are going to take over Tuesday for the next four weeks, and I couldn't be more excited about the guests that you're going to have, and I, I think we... We are super blessed to have so many incredible people wanting to be on the podcast, sharing their wisdom, and really go all in on many different topics. So it's a love for you to share. Who do you have on this podcast coming up? Yeah, so for my Takeover Tuesday series in January, I wanted to talk to a variety of people about efficiency. And uh, so so throughout that, that was kind of the theme that I chose for my four interviews this month. And the first one, today's episode is with my good friend, Gaetano Denardi. And Gaetano was formerly at Sales Hacker. So if you recognize the name, it's probably because of what he did at Sales Hacker. He just did an an incredible job of bringing that brand to the forefront of a lot of people's minds in the sales community. And we talked to, we talk in this episode about a four part SEO framework that allowed Gaetano to see the results that he saw at Sales Hacker and now in his new role at Nextiva. And so. From an efficiency perspective, I mean, he just shared an incredible framework that I think anyone trying to up their game as it relates to SEO and become more efficient in that area of their marketing prowess is going to get a ton of value out of this interview. That's awesome, man. You know what? What I always think about SEO, a lot of people say SEO is dead and you know, SEO is not what, what people should focus on. Well, as long as Google is alive and, and page one ranking is still important for people to find things. I feel like SEO is great. So I totally agree. Let's, let's just totally jump into it. Let's go. Welcome back to the Flip My Funnel podcast. My name is James Carberry. I'm one of the co-hosts of this Takeover Tuesday series. Now I'm joined today by a dear friend of mine. His name is Gaetano Donardi. You've probably seen him all over LinkedIn. He is the director of demand generation at Nextiva formerly led marketing at Sales Hacker. Gaetano, how are you doing today? What's up, James? Happy to be here. Man, I am so excited to chat with you today. We have had you on B2B Growth in the past and you have delivered so many value bombs. It was ridiculous. And so the focus of my series for Takeover Tuesday on the Flip My Funnel show being efficiency, I thought if I want to talk about efficiency as it relates to SEO, there's really one one name that comes to mind and it's yours. So I'm really excited to to dive into really a four-part framework that you have around getting hyper, hyper efficient with our SEO activity. Before we do that, I'd love for you to just give a little bit of context to listeners and and let them know kind of what are you up to at Nextiva? What is Nextiva? And then we'll roll into your four-part framework right after that. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks for the intro. That was, that was great. Appreciate you, bro. 
With regard to Nextiva, we're a cloud communications company. We're trying to solve the problem that exists in the business communication space. We have a, a very compelling offer, voice over IP bundled in with a CRM product along with live chat for your website and surveys as well. We also roll that up into email marketing and, and we have an analytics platform that gives you robust insight into all the things that are happening. But yeah, we've, we're, we're in a new space called UCAS. That stands for Unified Communications as a Service. Mm. Uh, so it's a new beast, man. So we're, yeah. we're, we're fighting hard against some, some tough competition in that space, but it's all fun and good. And uh, as you guys may or may not know, before this, I was running digital marketing at, at Sales Hacker, um, acquired by Outreach.io recently. So tip my hat to, to Outreach. They're doing great work. And yeah, it's been a fun ride. I love it. Yeah, I, I was I, I loved looking from afar at what you were doing at Sales Hacker and the growth that you helped them achieve ultimately, you know, allowing them to to get acquired by Outreach. Uh it was just phenomenal to be friends with you as kind of on that run. This is really amazing to see. But Gaetano, I want to shift the conversation into SEO efficiency. And and as we were talking about this offline, you really broke it down into four kind of buckets. And the first bucket that I want to talk about with you is, is around strategy. To be efficient sure. with SEO, you've got to be, a, you, you, you've got to have a solid strategy that you are, that you're going to be pursuing. How do you think about SEO strategy, especially now that, you know, you're, you're newer at Nixtiva, you've probably just recently gone through this process of establishing it, but talk to us about how you think about strategy. Yeah. So I guess uh, before I dive into all that, James, I'll, I'll let the listeners know that this is the exact process that we use at PipeDrive, at Sales, when I was running SEO at PipeDrive, Sales Hacker, we're using it now at Nextiva and seeing results that, uh, pretty quickly. This is the exact process we use to rank high volume, very challenging keywords in a short amount of time. Mm. So if you, if you follow this process and stick to it, at, at certain times, you're, you're going to feel like maybe it isn't working, but then out of nowhere, like you're going to see results and you're going to really be amazed by this. So for anybody listening that is looking to really explode their organic traffic growth, that is looking to boost traffic to one specific keyword that is going to drive business results for their website, this is the process for you. So, so let's, I guess let's get into it. Yes. Yes. So let's dive into it. The first piece being strategy. Take it from here. Yeah, sure. So when people hear the word strategy, I think what comes to mind is like some big document with like a lot of stuff in it and you got to do this and you got to do that. And like, sure, in a perfect world, you would have every single step of the future completely mapped out. Yeah. You know, like, but the reality is that's not how the customer journey works and that's not how business works either. Like you kind of just got to like roll with the punches. Even if you're like at an enterprise, you know, big company, like that, that's the cool thing about Nextiva. We kind of operate as if we are a startup, even though we're a thousand employees and mm -hmm. our marketing team is almost 60 employees. Wow. And the, the team that I, that I run, my growth team is, is approximately eight. So here's how we, how we start thinking about SEO strategy. We think about SEO strategy in two buckets. There's content you already have that may be performing well, may not be performing well. There's always little nuggets of gold in there. And then there's new content opportunities. And the way we like to think of this is let's just pick one opportunity at a time in each bucket. 
the biggest area where businesses fail um, in, in SEO is they're trying to do way too much. You know, they're trying to look at site speed optimization. They're trying to look at link building. They're trying to target a million different keywords at one time. They're, they're going after the wrong keywords. So this lack of focus by trying to do way too much, and it usually stems from like executive level pressure, trying to do too much is going to set, set you up for failure. So we don't do more than like one or two key focuses at a time, even though there's like a million keywords we could be targeting at once. We don't go for more than two. Got it. Okay. And how yeah. long are you focused on that limited number of keywords? So we're relentless. We don't stop until we're number one. Okay. And I know that sounds wild, but like, that's what it takes to win. And, and, you know, the, and so now let's go back to strategy and picking the right keywords or the right topic, if you will. You know, you want to start assessing what your website is already being recognized for in the eyes of Google. So let's say, you know, we'll use Nextiva as an example. We recognize that we were already ranking well for some keywords in the voice over IP or VoIP bucket and the customer service, customer experience bucket. So rather than say, you know, we want to go off the rails here and, and try to rank for something that our website has not gotten ranked for yet, let's start with where we already have topical depth. Mm. So you want to pick keywords that you already have high propensity to rank for. Okay. And you also don't want to go after the most difficult one. Usually those are the shortest tail, highest search volume per month, and often high cost per click, and mm. likely a product term or a term that's, that's closely related to your product. And it's what we would classify as bottom of the funnel. Got it. In and so our, you, you don't yeah. want to go after those or you do want to target those first? No, you, you typically don't, unless they're really uh, easily winnable. Like for example, like we would never try to go after like sales CRM, right? Because, you know, first of all, I've already spent years optimizing Pipedrive site for that. So it's like, I have to outrank myself again, which would be <laughs> weird. But there's already like firmly planted leaders in certain buckets. Like Salesforce is always going to be number one for CRM. Like you, so if you're, if, like if you're at a CRM company and your boss says, yeah, we want to rank number one for CRM, you know, they're, they're out of the wrong clue, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you don't always want to go with the hardest opportunity that's the most product relevant because what you'll find often is that, and especially in our case, this is true, many competitors ignore middle and top of the funnel. It's really crazy, especially in our space when, you know, some of our competitors are quite archaic in their approach and all they care about is bottom of the funnel because that's a reflection of their, of their culture and how their organization thinks about sales. It's greedy. It's like, I only want what's the most closest proximity to someone ready to buy. Yeah. And if you look at their AdWords strategy, it's the same thing. You know, they're, they're bidding on all those ready to buy keywords, which makes sense. You need those. But the companies that are thinking long term, like how do I capture demand higher up in the funnel so that when these people who eventually have the problem that I solve, if I, if I can get to them first, it doesn't even really matter that all you care about is the bottom of the funnel because guess yeah. what? I found them first. They're going to they're gonna likely come looking for me when it's time to, to get that solution. Got it. All right. Anything else, Gaetano, around strategy before we get into this next part of your framework? Yeah. You know, I would say to follow up with that, it's the classic SEO, like pre-work stuff. So, you know, it's analyzing the search pages, understanding the intent behind a certain query. Aside from the difficulty factor of what competitors are doing, it's really about understanding the intent. So like, you know, you can try to rank for something all you want, 
if you fail to recognize that it's a transactional query and your and your information that you're you're putting together is too like research oriented you're going to have a mismatch of intent and then vice versa mm-hmm. if people are just looking for information and you're hitting them with all this sales driven messaging you're not going to rank even if your content is better in quality because the the intention is a mismatch interesting that's that's uh, yeah i wouldn't have put a lot of thought there but that makes a lot of sense that you have to consider the intent of whatever that search query is that you're trying to rank for so are you assessing that intent based on kind of what is ranking so in in searching that term yourself and seeing kind of okay what's on the first page all of these are transactional type results is that is that what helps you gauge the intent absolutely absolutely like i always look at a couple of things like for example one of the biggest giveaways that like you probably won't be able to rank for something is if you see a lot of list roundup type of articles where customers or or prospects are looking to like compare something so usually keywords that have the phrase best or top or anything in in, in that kind of modification it mm-hmm. usually means that it's it's heavily research oriented and they don't want to hear from a brand or a vendor about that information because they will perceive it to be biased. Like for example, imagine if Salesforce did best top 10 best CRM softwares of 2019 Mm. and they put their, they put themselves at the top of that list and then they mentioned all their competitors that probably wouldn't work because buyers know who Salesforce is and they know that that information will be biased. But Mm. if a company like, let's say, I don't know, software advice or G2 crowd did, top 10 CRM of 2019 based on ratings and reviews, that's going to automatically rank because people know that, you know, that is a verified review site where real people who have used these products go to leave reviews and it falls directly in line with Google. I don't know if you've heard of the EAT framework, but it's essentially expertise, authoritativeness and trustworthiness Mm. where they use those factors to kind of assess how legit a website is with with providing information when it comes to providing buying advice for something. That's why you also saw a lot of websites that were providing like credit card loans and payday loans and stuff tank recently because a lot of them were just bullshit and they were putting like a lot of fake information out there that just, you know, we're trying to get people to sign up for the service, but it was leading people down a wrong path. So in a nutshell, that's what it takes to uh, prepare to put the right content together. I love it. And again, it's it's something you mentioned early on, but I think what's really a strong component for folks to remember is this focus. And and you said it before, but you know, that it sounds cliche, but focusing on getting those small incremental wins, as opposed to, you know, trying to get an enormous win. If you want the executives that are going to be staying on you about kind of results that you're getting as you're focused on SEO, Focusing on those small incremental wins is the way that is actually what's going to please them as opposed to maybe doing exactly what they're asking for, which a lot of times can be very results that aren't realistic. And so I love that you spent so much time really honing in on different components of strategy. Piece that stuck out to me, especially was just that, that relentless focus. The next part of your framework, G, is doing the work. This is going to look different based on whether you're at a startup and you're a one-person marketing shop or you're like yourself, you know, you've got a 60-person marketing team. Can you talk to us in a few different contexts of what it looks like to actually do the work? Sure. 
all right, so let's say you you've done the strategy right around that one keyword you're trying to you're trying to focus on. Let's say it's a brand new it's a brand new keyword that your site is not ranking for. You've identified that this is a good fit based on high propensity to rank with topical depth considered and not too competitive. It's 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 maybe mid funnel and let's say it's relevant to brand and all the goals and all that fun. Now the next thing you you've you've already done in the strategy phase is you've identified all right we know what the intent is behind this keyword. We see where competing results are weak. Maybe all the, maybe let's say all the results on page one of Google are missing things like videos and diagrams and, and they don't look visually pleasing or the copy is just really stale and dry. You, you already know that when you do the, when you put your content together, that these are the areas of opportunity to stand out. So with all this considered, you, you straight up just build your content, then you publish it. And from this point, you want to really start thinking about how do I drive short, quick bursts of traffic to this brand new asset? Because you have to start awakening the algorithm. Does that make mm-hmm. sense, James? Yeah, keep going on that line of thinking. Okay, cool. So let's say you go through your editorial process and something's published and maybe I should give a quick one minute breakdown of how like the editorial process could go. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. All right. So you've done the research, you've done the outline, usually like everything we do, everything we've done at at sales hacker, for example, had like a a writer brief just because like we knew that if we just told any random writer, Hey, go write this topic, they'd probably go off the rails. Mm -hmm. So you need somebody who understands the SEO strategy side to actually create a writer brief or an SEO brief, whatever you want to call it, that guides the writer. And it's not, it's not to say that, you know, the writer has to follow, you know, step by step by step, you know, include this keyword here. It doesn't have to be like so rigid. All it is, is sort of like a information flow hierarchy thing. Okay. Where like, they, where like you say, like, look, this is the focus. We want you to hit these po- key points. Um, we see, the order of which the information is presented also matters a lot. Okay. Like one thing in SEO now that's really big is you don't want these long introductory paragraphs. You don't want like all this like fluffiness. You want to just get like right to the point. So keeping mm. the content that even if it's a long form guide, it still has to be succinct. Every single point has to be super actionable. So you want to put a, a brief or a guide together that's going to help the writer be really efficient in their approach. Got it. Okay. So that makes sense. Kind of having, I mean, thinking about it in terms of like your subheaders, like giving them an idea, hey, these are the subheaders that we want included in this article. So you need to be able to touch on and speak to each of those. What comes next in terms of, you know, actually doing the work? Yeah. So let's say you've given that writer brief to a writer, that writer has executed upon the content as you have wished. You've, let's say then you've passed it through to your creative team. They've or if you outsource it to a design company, that's fine too. You've got your image optimization ready. You've got some nice visuals within the piece, some diagrams. The other actionable tip that I'll leave your audience with is I found this to, to work really well. If you explicitly use the phrase, for example, often in your content, Google will associate your content with being more actionable Interesting. And you will have a stronger chance of ranking just by using the phrase, for example. I love that. Followed by an actionable example. That's one value bomb that like not a lot of people know, but 
I'll, I'll leave you with James and, and because it. I'm a big fan of, of Sangram and the, the flip my funnel movement, I'll drop you guys with that. But, I love um, that. So yeah, you've passed it through to your creative team. Now it's launched and it's, it's up and it's live and yes, awesome content published. Now what do we do? All right. So what you have to do now is you have to awaken the beast. You have mm-hmm. to awaken the algorithm. And there's a lot of ways to do this, but here's some top tips that I do to make this work. The easiest thing to do if you've got a little you got a little cash to spend is to boost it on Facebook and just get some traffic coming to it. Now, what you don't want to do is target cheap countries that are just going to give you a million worthless likes and comments yeah. just to make it seem like there's a lot of like excitement around it because that traffic is usually low quality. They they, you know, go to the page for like 30 seconds and bounce. You want to actually target people who are going to be interested in it and engage with the content for, for a good amount of time on page. Mm. That's, okay. that's like easy win right there. Hopefully your content also contains mentions and links out to influential people. And ideally you've collaborated with influencers during the content creation process so that once it's done, you can go back to them and say, Hey man, look, or Hey, uh, female, we're done. Please check it out. And, uh, you know, if you, if you feel inclined to, it would be great if you, if you could share this with your network. And of course, the larger the network they have, the more reach and amplification you're going to get. So that's an easy win. Okay. You want to obviously hit your email list or if you have a newsletter, that's going to drive traffic to it. And then the biggest and most, I would say, rewarding thing you could do if you're trying to really pursue ranking for this one particular keyword over time is to relentlessly build links that content through guest posting, through finding broken link opportunities, finding where your competitors are getting linked to for similar content, and then find those sources that are linking to your competitors, and then building relationships with those websites mm. and asking them to link to you instead. Yeah. So it becomes a bit of this cat and mouse game. And this is actually the hard part. Like building the content is easy. Like when we built that sales management guide at Pipedrive, like building the content was only half the battle. Yeah. Then once we had that content in, in, in a really strong place and we had to, you know, outrank like really difficult competitors, like the hardest to do was, was Wikipedia because they're just a beast. <laughs> it took, I kid you not, three months of nonstop content promotion and link building to this one guy. Three months of nonstop work. <laughs> And then find, uh, yeah. And but then you outranked finally, Wikipedia. Outranked Wikipedia, but that's what it takes, man. Like, pe- yeah. this is what people don't get. Like, they give up way too easy, way yeah. too easily. You know, it's like, it's kind of like a girl that, that like, has some interest in you, but doesn't really want to date you yet. Like, <laughs> you can't give up on her just, you know, after she declines you a couple times <laughs> or, or because, like, you know, you haven't done enough to win her over. You really got to work. Yeah. So yeah. it's the same thing. It's You, you got to be relentless in your approach. And I don't know how tactical you want to get into the link building side, but that's what it takes. Yeah. And that actually segues into your third, into the third component of your framework, which is really the promotion and PR and ad strategy around the content that you've just created. Can you dive in and and talk about, you know, this third component? Yeah. I mean, I, I gave, I just gave like a pretty good, I would say like halfway explanation of what, what that is, but I'll, I'll tell you some of the more tactical things. So 
what a lot of people don't realize is that like link building doesn't just have to be about link building. Like it can actually also be things that are going to elevate your brand. So for example, Nextiva was recently awarded in the best company cultures of 2018 list by Comparably. Awesome. And so we're jumping on this as, as an opportunity, not only to get exposure for the brand, but also to build relevant links to things that we want to build links to. So we're hitting up like a bunch of company culture websites and, and websites that talk about companies with great cultures, hiring, these sorts of things. And we're right now we're doing a link building campaign to a customer service tips guide that we've released. Okay. And it's amazing that we're able to use this brand award thing as a gateway to building links to the yep. customer service tips guide. So because they're adjacent topics, we're able to sneak little links into that customer service tips guide and we're using random variations of anchor text. So we're not just doing customer service tips in the anchor text and linking with that. We're doing things like customer experience, how to make your customers say wow about your brand, like things like that. You want to use variants in your anchor text so that it doesn't seem too exact match and robotic. So I guess the point is don't think that you have to like do low quality spin-off guest posts just to build links to your content you can find PR angles to leverage that can also support your SEO goals. I love that. I love that. But, but to, I mean, you're, you're piggybacking off of what you talked about a few minutes ago. Like the writing of the content is, is just half the battle. You have to, to spend an enormous amount of time focused on promotion and PR and r- running ads to this content. I mean, like, like you said, with that uh, sales management guide, uh, it took three months of constant promotion to to get the result that you guys were looking for. So I think this just goes back to what you talked about in the first part of your framework, the strategy, where it's just relentless focus. And whether it's you know focusing on the, you know this specific article for the next month, we are just going to hammer this home and and optimize the the crap out of it, really, and and making sure that we're getting it in front of as many people as we possibly can. Which segues, I think, nicely into this fourth and final a- aspect of your framework. Gee, it's it's around measurement and ongoing optimization. Can you talk to us about this? Sure. So at some point, you're going to realize that you're stuck, and that's fine. But this is this is also where people give up, and this is the point where you should press on the gas the hardest. Mm. So let's say you're, you're building this brand new content from scratch and it's targeting a keyword that you're not ranking for at all. It's going to be pretty easy to measure how you're doing with this keyword. You're going to be able to see that you had no traffic coming to the site from this search. You can look in Google search console for the direct evidence. They give you click data, um, impression data, and much more and much more in Google search console. There's also third-party tools that we leverage to kind of look at a number of different keyword level metrics like Ahrefs, for example, that's a phenomenal keyword research tool. Alternatively, you can use something like Moz, which is also really easy to use. And we also like to use a tool called SEM Rush for competitive insights around, around keywords and how competitors are performing for certain queries over time. Okay. But let's get back to the point. Let's, let's say you're stuck. Let's say you're, you weren't ranking at all for this keyword and you got yourself to like let's say the top of page two in Google, you're ranking at like position 11 or something like that. You're, you're building links, but you're still stuck. Some things, so, so at, the, at that point, you got to realize, okay, we've been building links for a while. We're not moving. Something's happening. 
And it's got to be one of the following. It's got to be either your content is just like, sorry, just not as good as you thought it was. Yeah. He's, he or she is just not tied into you, right? Uh, that's that, <laughs> that's that, a real thing. That's a, that's a real thing. Yeah, sorry. It's just you overthought how good you were. So if, if that's the case, you've got to get people in your network who are really knowledgeable about content quality and SEO to, to give you some advice and, and just awaken you on like what you're doing wrong. You could be mismatched intent like we talked about before. It could also just be that you're not building good quality links to that content and you're not pr- promoting it as effectively as you thought you were. Mm-hmm. You, it could just be the case that, you know, you're building links that are not relevant, are not authoritative and do not come from sites that make sense. Like, for example, if I build links to a customer service tips guide on Nextiva from a website that has not much to do with business or even nothing to do with business, it's probably going to be discredited in the eyes of Google. Like, you know, the most extreme example being if I built it from a gambling website, that would obviously be an indicator of spam. Mm. But let's say I, I built a customer service tips link to Nextiva from a website that sells, um, I don't know, hardware or manufacturing. It's, it's likely not going to be perceived as relevant because mm. Google knows kind of, um, they, they have this sort of concept of neural networking of, of relevance with, with websites. Like they know what websites are known for and if they see like a, a large disparity of of, of topical uh, disconnect um, it, it may not work so when it comes Makes to measurement sense. and optimization like you're going to get stuck somewhere and you just gotta really assess why is it that you're getting stuck and what can you do to, to be better yep and i love those tools that you shared at the first part of explaining this last part of your framework, I think that's super helpful. Uh, going back to what something you said a few minutes ago, you know, that line of you know using the the phrase for example followed by an actionable tip. I love that you shared that. I think that's such a tangible takeaway for this particular episode because it's it's something I would have just never thought. And so, someone living and breathing in SEO like you are to to be able to share that with our listeners, I really appreciate. Gaetano, is there anything else kind of related? to SEO efficiency that you want to share before we shut it down today? Yeah, I would say, you know, the final takeaway is don't forget the technical side of SEO too. It's not just about content and links. And I think this is where also a lot of SEOs get themselves in trouble. You know, don't be like, if you suck at technical SEO, don't be afraid to say that like you suck. Work with a developer who has technical chops and collaborate, you know, like if site speed is something that you're weak in, and you don't know how JavaScript works with SEO, for example, or if you don't know how internal linking works with SEO, or if you don't know how to, how to really affect your image optimization game, don't sit around trying to rack your brain over this stuff for months and you just can't figure it out. You know, you really only have two options. The option one is to get better, which is, you know, training, take online courses, practice, figure it out. That could be a long route to take though. Or just collaborate with, with someone on your team who has technical chops and, and, and get it to a good place because, you know, mobile optimization, site speed is huge. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll see that things like huge images that take too long to load or images that are like pixelated or poor internal linking. Like let's, I see many websites that just have what I would characterize as lopsided internal linking where like way too many internal links 
point to like too few sources or very low quality sources mm. on the website. These are all things that are that are going to negatively impact your content creation and, and promotion and advertising efforts around that content. So don't forget it. about the technical side. And just the final takeaway is like, you know, this is going to be a hard and challenging process, but don't get discouraged. And then, you know, don't don't forget about like what the point of all this is too. like, why do you want to be number one for something? Cause yeah. You want money. Yep. Right. Yep. And, you know, so now this is the crazy part. Once you're number one, now you got to think about, well, how do I actually get leads? Mm. How do I, and then when I have leads, what do I do? And maybe yeah. that's a whole other conversation, man. But, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, that's, that's why like my, my role at Nexiva is so challenging because not only do I have to figure out how to be number one or, or rank really highly and drive a lot of quality traffic for all these terms, but it's now how do I capture that traffic? How do I, engage them how do i get them to opt into our funnel with lead magnets and if it's a transactional page how do i get them to to convert by filling out a form so that's the whole other beast yep i love it gaetano this has been as always incredibly insightful thank you so much for sharing your brain with us for those of you listening thank you so much for tuning in for being a part of the flip my funnel community and as sangram always says without a community you're simply a commodity thank you so much You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.